0: In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, our, our Old Testament reading for today, our first reading that we heard, I think is one of the more familiar passages in the Bible. It's a story that many of us learned way back when in Sunday school or a vacation Bible school. It was the story of Jonah and the whale. Many of you are probably familiar with it. Now, for the sake of time today, we were only able to, to hear the first chapter of that four-chapter story. Uh, We ended right when uh, Jonah is entering into the belly of of that big fish. And so what I wanted to do to start was just to rewind a little bit and recap our story and then to hear the story through, to to fill in the gap where we left off. And so if you remember back to the beginning of the story, it started when God called a man, a, a Jewish and Israelite man named Jonah, to go and preach a sermon to a faraway foreign pagan land called Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a land, a city that was known for its sin. Uh, you might say it was the ancient equivalent to Las Vegas, in a sense, except Las Vegas on steroids. And, and the sin that Nineveh was particularly known for was its violence and brutality. These were evil, wicked, murderous people the people of Nineveh they worshiped this angry evil god named Asher and they were known the people of Nineveh were known for their their evil violent acts against their enemy for example they would impale their enemies on these large wooden sticks and then leave them out in the fields as a warning to bys. They had mounds of human skulls that scattered those same fields. They would cut off the ears and the noses and pluck out the eyes uh, um, of their prisoners of war. And maybe most gruesome of all, what they were most uh, well known for, was skinning their enemies and then hanging those skins over the walls of the city. They were gruesome, evil, violent people. Uh, Nineveh, you could say, was everything that Israel was not. Uh, They stood for everything. They symbolized everything that Yahweh, the true God, was not. And Jonah knew it. Uh, he had heard the reports, uh, read the newspaper articles about their, their wicked deeds and, and Jonah wanted nothing to do with giving this sermon. He had no interest at all in preaching to these, these people. The last thing he wanted was to give a sermon and for these people to take it to heart and change their lives and repent of their sin. The last thing that Jonah wanted was to go to that place and those evil people and have them hear about God's mercy and grace. If there was anyone in the world who did not deserve to hear about his good and gracious God. It was those people living in that city of Nineveh. And so, as as we heard, Jonah runs. Uh, He heads down to the local harbor and gets in a boat uh, headed for the exact opposite direction. He has no interest at all in following God's call. Uh, But as we know, God is persistent And he likes to get his way, and rightly so. And so God follows after Jonah and he causes the storm to rise up in the sea, a raging storm. And as we heard, eventually Jonah falls off the boat and is pushed overboard and ends up in that water where he ends up in the belly of that fish. For three days and three nights, Jonah is in that fish. And uh, that's, that's when he begins to see the light, I guess you could say. Things are starting to fall into place and Jonah... He repents of his sin. He he calls out to God and cries to his Lord for mercy. And God, as he's known to do, hears Jonah's cries. He listens to him from inside that whale. And God causes that whale to spit Jonah back out into the water where Jonah eventually ends up on dry land. And now, as you can imagine... Uh, things are really starting to fall into place for Jonah. It's really becoming clear that God is not going to give this up. He's he's going to have Jonah in that city preaching that sermon that he was so determined for Jonah to give. And so finally, Jonah relents. He says, "All right, God, have it your way. I'll go preach that sermon." And he goes and he lets the city of Nineveh know just how evil they are. He lays out all of their wickedness before them. He he outlines exactly how God is going to punish them. I don't imagine that there has ever been a more hellfire and brimstone sermon preached than the one that Jonah gave to those wicked, evil people. After all that is over, then something amazing happened. Those evil, wicked, violent people, they listen. To Jonah. They don't kick him out. They don't tell Jonah to get lost. They don't chop off his nose or his ear or pluck out his eyes. Uh, they don't impale him on a stake or throw his skins over the wall. They listen. It's amazing. They, they take his words to heart. And we hear that that the whole city, the entire city repents from the oldest man to the youngest little child. Everyone repents. And as the story goes, we actually hear later on that the king of the city commands that everyone man, woman, child and even animal cover themselves in sackcloth and ashes. There were cows and goats and chickens walking around covered in these garbs that were meant to reflect their inner repentance. It's It's an amazing display, an example of true repentance, of seeing your sin and turning from it. And, and by the end of it, they are, they are praying to God, the Ninevites are, are, calling upon his mercy and grace, asking for things that, that they most certainly do, do not deserve. And then God does what he's known to do. He listens to their calls, just like he listened to Jonah in the belly of that fish, and then God gives them what they don't deserve, just like he did to Jonah. He, he gives them mercy and grace. God saves the Ninevites, from punishment. He rescues them from their sin. It's an amazing story with, I think, a couple of lessons that we can learn from it. Uh, the first lesson I think we learned from the story is that God is God, <laughs> which is probably an obvious thing to say, right? Of course, God is God. But, but God is God and we're not. Jonah was not God. I'm not God. None of us is God. God is God. And he gets his way. He knows best. And he is in control. And if he wants you to go preach a sermon in a town like Nineveh to evil, wicked people, you go because God is God and he is the one that calls his shots. And the other lesson I think we learn is that God is love. Uh, All week as I was reading this story, I was reminded of John 3.16. For God so loved the world. And here we see that in action, God loving the world, not just loving good people or the right people, not just loving Israel, but even a a wicked people, a violent people, even Nineveh, God is a God of love. Uh, There's a lot we can learn there. Uh, This week, I don't know if you heard about this, um, it was really pretty amazing. There was some archaeological evidence discovered in, in, in the biblical world, major discovery. Did you all hear about this? Uh, these two letters were discovered. Uh, One letter from Jonah to God was discovered. And then another letter from God back to Jonah. Amazing discovery. And it's so fresh uh, that these letters weren't even translated yet from Hebrew. And so I spent all week translating these letters for you. And what I would like to do is to read them for you this morning. Um, Again, I I would like to read for you a letter that Jonah wrote to God after all of this, after he's preached the sermon and and done his business And actually, I have it up here on on the screens, and if you'd like to follow along, you can uh, as I read these letters for you. I'll start with the one from Jonah to God, and then afterwards, I have printed copies so you can take home a souvenir uh, if you'd like to today. Uh, But this is what Jonah uh, wrote to his his Lord after the events of the story. He writes, Dear God, you've really gotten it all wrong this time. First, you called me, and let's be clear, I'm no prophet. My name isn't Isaiah for a reason. I was not the right man for this job. You should have seen that. There were others who were better qualified, better equipped, more faithful. You got it all wrong. You can get really carried away sometimes, you know that? And this time, you've taken this mercy and compassion thing way too far. Nineveh? Seriously? Just saying that name makes me sick to my stomach. The city that impales its enemies and plucks out their eyes. The city whose walls are covered in the skins of murdered Israelites. What makes you think that those people deserve anything but the worst? If you had asked me to go there to exact your punishment, I would have volunteered. But you had your own ideas. You wanted to turn them around. You got it all wrong. And you wouldn't take no for an answer. At least you can't say that I didn't try. I ran away and got on that boat to Tarshish, not because I was afraid of Nineveh, but because I was afraid that you might do the unthinkable. I was afraid you would go soft, relent, show mercy. But you're the boss, that much I can admit. And so after the storm and the whale, I agreed to preach your sermon to those people, not because I believed the words, but because I was tired of smelling like fish. And then you went and did it. You believed their repentance was real. You listened to their cries. You fell for their charade. You spared them from their punishment. You showed grace and love. I think I just threw up in my mouth. You got it all wrong. What about justice, God? What happened to paying for what you do? What about giving them what they deserve? It makes me sick to think about what kind of message this will send People will start to think that your love is just given away, no strings attached. Others will assume that they can rely on your kindness. Think about what your people, the Israelites, will think. They'll wonder if maybe they aren't that special. You got it all wrong. You just don't know when to call it quits. You don't know the meaning of enough. And I don't get it. If you want the world to think that you'll love them no matter what and that mercy triumphs punishment, Then keep up the good work. Frustrated and angry Jonah. Quite the discovery, huh? Uh, Maybe you saw that on CNN this week, flash by. Now you get to hear it for real. Uh, I'd like to read for you now the letter that God wrote back to Jonah. Um, This is what God says to him, to that angry, frustrated prophet. God writes, Dear Jonah, uh, let's get something cleared up right away. I don't get anything wrong, ever. I didn't make a mistake when I picked you. I know you weren't ready. I know you weren't qualified. I understood you weren't equipped. But I wanted to use you anyway. Don't ever forget this. I'm God and you're not. Agreed? Okay. Jonah, I know you know about my grace, You've heard the words and and learned all about it. You, You think you know what it is, but I don't think you do. You like the idea of grace. You like it in theory. You like that I show grace to you and your family, to the little old lady across the street and the smiling mailman. But you see, you've put boundaries around my grace. You've built little walls that make you feel secure and keep other people out. You've built barriers to protect my grace from sinners. But sinners are the only one to whom my grace is for. My grace is not just for the people who've earned it. In fact, if the recipients of my grace were deserving, then it wouldn't be grace at all. And my grace is not merely a paycheck for the pious and holy. It's a gift. Jonah, I get it. If my radical grace doesn't make you mad sometimes, then you probably don't yet understand how radical it is. But I want you to see it for all it is. There truly are no strings attached. And and that's because the foundation of my grace is not your worthiness, not your nationality, or your goodness, your purity, your piety. The foundation of my grace is my love. You're upset that my grace makes you share the table with liars and thieves idolaters and adulterers, gossips and busybodies. What you don't realize is that you are just as unworthy of my grace as everyone else around the table. What you don't see is my love for the world. In the days ahead, you'll see just how much I love the world. Believe it or not, I'm coming down to the world. I'm sending my son there. And with outstretched arms on a humble cross, he will welcome in all people. Jonah, believe it or not, you could learn a lesson from the Ninevites. It's called repentance. So do what they did. See your sin. Admit your mistakes. Confess your imperfections. And then trust in my perfection. Rest in my grace, which you have never deserved. Breathe in my love, which is for all people. Bask in my light of mercy and compassion. And yes, Jonah... I will keep up the good work. Your loving Lord, God. In Jesus' name, amen.